0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So I had a very introspective weekend, uh, primarily because there was a lot of activity on the internet regarding this uh, massacre in New Zealand um, performed by the um, terrorist. And um, I just... Got into way too many conversations about different things on the Twitters that I didn't expect to get in, involved with. So it, it led me to something because I was thinking about the work that we do every day on this show. And uh, part of the thing that I was doing on on Twitter this weekend was using the Socratic method. Right. So those of you who know, you know, so- Socrates. Right. The great philosopher Socrates. Um, he was convicted 2,500 years ago, convicted and sentenced to death. His crime, his crime. Uh, And I thought it was interesting. He was found guilty of corrupting the minds of youth of Athens. And he was also found guilty of impiety, which is not believing in the gods of the state because he was fostering the notion that perhaps these multiple gods, perhaps the worship of multiple gods is not necessarily... Rooted in anything sound or foundational. Maybe it's not even correct. In many ways, he and then later Plato were credited with this notion of one God. And it was the thing that sent him to his death. He was convicted, sentenced to death, poisoned by hemlock. And I think about that today because truth, facts, are problematic for a lot of people. Truth, facts, problematic. And I was thinking about ways in which this family, our family, can start to engage better with one another, with the people in our surrounding lives, with folk on on the internet, on the social media, Uh, in a way that is actually productive, because what I'm seeing going on right now in the world is dangerous, It's not just counterproductive, it's dangerous. Um, We're going to get to the president later on in the show, who I think is uh, chief operating officer in danger in this kind of, um, and it's not even racism and white supremacy. Those are labels that we place on it. There's a heart condition that this country, this world is going through that has to be addressed. So the Socratic method, um, there was a study done actually. Uh, when you ask a question, questions are very powerful. Not only does hearing a question affect what your brain will do in that instant, it can also shape your future behavior. So, if I ask you a question, I just ask this question of somebody: What do you look like inside your mind's eye? Do you know what you look like? If you just think about it for a second, think about what do you look like. Like you can look at yourself in a mirror, but if you're not in front of a mirror. Do you know exactly what you look like? Every single crevice and crack of your face, every slope of your nose, cheeks, eyes, inside your mind's eye, you're just you, right? Do you know what you look like? But based on how you look, the world has an impression of you when the vast majority of us, I know I can't, I can't really comprehend what I look like outside of a picture or outside of the mirror. I'm just me, right? But based on how you look, you can be judged. There were three gentlemen that got on an airplane this weekend, three uh, guys from the Sikh faith. We've had a Sikh on this show. And um, actually, I'm going to pull forward that interview and put it up on YouTube. But this is a a, a religion. It's, it's, it's not Islam per se, but some practitioners believe in Allah. But they are, they're warriors. They're beautiful people. And there was a comedian named Jess Hilarious who said she was scared. And somehow got these guys expelled from a flight. And I'm sure they had some place to go because she was afraid because of how they looked, and because she's so ignorant. She decided that she was going to raise the red flag, but her ignorance cost somebody time. Convenience could have cost them their life. Ignorance is not bliss. Facts matter. Truth matters, and we have to be more proactive, sitting on the sidelines in this fight right now. And it is a fight. This is a war for the soul of this of humanity. It is a war we're in. You can't sit on the sidelines. You have to pick a side. So I'm gonna pick the side of truth and facts. And if you're on the other side, you are the enemy. And we have to approach everything like this. If you can't engage in discourse around facts... So I got into a Twitter back and forth. And I'm, I'm just going to say one more thing about questions for a second. When, when a question is poised, when a, excuse me, when a question is posed, it takes the brain, it takes over actually the brain's thought process. When you ask a question, it takes over your entire brain's process. And when your brain is thinking about the answer to the question, it can't contemplate anything else. So think about the power of a question. So Socrates, there were a group of young Athenian, Athenian men Uh, The young men of Athens, they wanted to overthrow the government. They thought the government was corrupt. They thought the government was run by, um, you know, narcissistic boobs. Sound familiar? They thought the government was derelict. They thought the government was leading them down the pathway to destruction. They thought the government was bad and they wanted to overthrow the government by violence, by destruction. And Socrates said, no, young men, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to teach you how to argue. I'm gonna teach you how to present a case and I'm gonna teach you how to win through facts, through data, through research, through oratory, beauty. So he taught them how to navigate political power through arguing and they arrested him for that. He didn't ask them to pick up arms. That's how powerful, that's how powerful it is. And his whole thing was around questions ask questions knowing the answers having your answers having your facts having but ask the questions so I got into this Twitter thing with one of my colleagues Andrew Wilkow who actually shares a studio he's he sits in this seat right before me and he went online because on the heels of the New Zealand terrorist who was pictured flashing a symbol that in some circles is a white power symbol. It is It is the OK sign upside down positioned in a particular way so that the fingers spread out in to make a W with the circle of the OK to look like a P, so it's white power. And it has been debunked. Apparently, it has been debunked. It is hoax, it snopes, it's hoax. It's Snopes. It's this and that. Except this man flashed the symbol. So are we to believe that he believes it's a hoax, or we to believe that a man who had a seventy-four-page manifesto touting white power, which we're going to talk about later on the show, and we're going to talk about the Turner Diaries later on the show, a man that was promoting racial racial domination by white people, flashed that symbol that looks very much like a white power symbol. Do we think that he thinks it was a white power symbol? I think he thought that he was flashing a white power symbol. Now, whether you think it's a hoax or not is irrelevant. What was he thinking? So my colleague posted a picture of Beyonce with this sign, the the OK sign. And there was, I think, another image of Barack Obama and some other people, all black, of course, with this sign. Because the notion was we're going to dispel that that's white power. And we're going to show you a bunch of images of black people. With the same symbol. So that then you can come to the conclusion that that's not a white power symbol. But I went in another direction. I said, first of all, it's not the same symbol. Who flashes the okay sign upside down, first of all? Who does that? Is that natural? That doesn't even feel right. Try to do it. Do the okay and then push it upside down. It feels weird. You have to force yourself to do that. It is not a natural body movement, number one. Number two, number two, and it gets to the larger point here. On the heels of now 51 people murdered in New Zealand for no other reason than that they practice Islam. But murdered by a terrorist from Australia whose manifesto is the Turner Diaries, who followed the 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 pattern of the, the 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 terrorist who murdered nine people in Charleston, South Carolina, who who referenced Donald Trump as one of his motivators. Does it matter? And then what's your point on the heels of this? So my question to my colleague was, why are you doing this? What are you hoping to? to accomplish and and would this space be better served to vilify somebody who gunned down 51 plus people and counting by the way including babies and children shouldn't our time be spent on social media saying this is wrong this doesn't represent humanity instead of trying to debunk something so it tells me that you're connection to the symbol is greater than just trying to say see black people are doing it and then he said well i was responding to soledad o'brien who lost her mom today condolences to soledad o'brien but why are you responding to soledad o'brien what's the what's your point she was pointing out the man made a symbol so if i don't ascribe to the symbol myself i'm not a white supremacist this is how i'm thinking why am i attached to this symbol why do I feel the need to defend this symbol? Why do I need to feel the need to debunk this symbol if this is not my ideology? Just to be a contrarian, just to say people have a right because he's on this freedom of speech and freedom of thing. But this is a time where no longer do we have the luxury to play these games because people are dying. So I tweeted out a bunch of stuff. Uh, among them watching people attempt to defend evil this weekend and even going after people, challenging the notion of a quote-unquote white power sign is very telling. They will do anything not to be held accountable. They will do anything to maintain what they perceive as their birthright power. And then I tweeted, we must do everything to stop it. That means good people, challenge your friends, family, and neighbors. Shame them. Question them. Your silence is acquiescence. Your silence means you agree. And your silence... Is deadly right now. Follow the model of Jane Elliott, Robin D'Angelo, Aaron Aaron um, Ber- Belfer, and others. Tim Wise. I mean, I can go on and on. There are a lot of people out there uh, doing this work. But it's time. You can't sit on the sidelines and listen to your your uncle and then say, "Oh, my crazy uncle at Thanksgiving." He's he. No, no, no. Your crazy uncle needs to be challenged. And it's not enough for us to be angry and outraged, right? So for everybody that calls you the N-word, if you're black, or who's calling the cops on you and your child for selling lemonade, you know, these are all symptoms. What the what the question should be, and we have to question all of this, is what's your point and what's your purpose? Why are you calling the cops on people barbecuing? Because they're breaking the law. Really? Is it because they're breaking the law or is there something else? Again, this is a Socratic method. Keep asking the question. Keep asking the question. Keep asking the question. Because that's the only thing the person will have to focus on is your question. That's science. They, they actually did a whole study on this. It's a mental reflex. Socrates lost his life doing this, by the way. So I, I tread lightly, <laughs> you know, um, but we are in a time when truth is definitely an enemy to too many people and, and we are in a time when nobody wants to be held accountable. You think about just folks in your life. I have a, a, a buddy of mine who is uh, pre-diabetic, you know, so when we go out to eat, I'm like, should you order that? So I'm the pain to ask friend because I love you enough to challenge your choices because I know what your medical condition is and I know that that choice, that cheesecake is going to not be good for your overall diagnosis or your healing, but me challenging you makes you mad at me. Now you don't want to hang out. How many people have people like that in their lives, right? You don't want to hang out with somebody who is constantly asking you questions about yourself for your own good. And instead of saying, wow, you love me enough to want me to do better, you get mad at the person that is challenging your habits. How many of us run, run from rebuke, run from people actually holding us accountable in relationships, et cetera. How many people actually accept the, the criticism or the, the, the rebuke and say hey how can I do better we're in the time of the opposite nobody, and we just saw this with the school scandal nobody really wants to be held accountable but this is the thing that's going to send us into the abyss right so I look at Socrates and I look at his life and I go wow uh, this man stood up for something uh, that was revolutionary at the time that today I think we look back on it and go wow all he was doing was training young men how to argue and ask questions nonviolently. He lost his life. I think we're in the same boat.